Hello and welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or you want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Power as well as guest speakers will bring messages that are sure to help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive or for those who are comfortable, join us for our in-person services in the upper room of the Lockport, Illinois Moose Lodge Sundays at 10 on 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect and how to give, visit us at the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. All right. Good morning, Thrive. Oh, my goodness. I had a tough morning. I'm doing a lot better now, actually. Thank you for everybody who prayed for me. I was just not feeling awesome. And uh, between uh, several people that just prayed for me, and I really, seriously, feel so much better. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, and here's what that is. Um, here's what that is. Uh, and I firmly believe this, and I don't, I don't attribute it all, but I think a lot of times it's, it's what we would call spiritual warfare. Um, so here's what happened. I was not supposed to be speaking this week. It was supposed to be, how many people remember Pastor Damien? Anybody here remember Pastor Damien? So if you don't know who he is, let me tell you. Pastor Damien, uh, he is, he's been my big brother in, past, in church planting, uh, he is probably the coach I've had since day one, uh, since before day one, and just a, just an amazing brother in the Lord. He's got a church up in St. Charles, Batavia area called River City Church, great church, and he is just an awesome man of God, and, and he is actually going to be, he's moving, he is moving to Florida to plant another church. So yeah, yeah, how many going, move, yeah. It's, it's kind of a new joke now, moving to Florida. And the cow says, moving to Florida. <laughs> What's the cow say in Illinois? Moving to Florida. <laughs> that took me a minute. All right, so, so he was supposed to preach today, and, and, and he, he, got in a, he got in a really tough uh, uh, mishap yesterday when he was at a trampoline park, and he hit his head like somewhere in the air. And it, 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 it looks like he's got just another smaller brain <laughs> kind of coming out. And so he's, he's okay. Uh, no breaks or fractures or concussions, uh, but just in rough shape. So he could not be here today. And so then I thought, I guess I'm preaching. And uh, I, I actually had said to Ange, you know, sometimes after Easter, the pastor wants a bit of a breather. It's normal. Um, and, and so I was kind of debating. I said to Ange yesterday, I said, maybe I should take tomorrow off. And then in the afternoon, I got a text that said, maybe I should make it tomorrow. So, and, uh, and so here I am. And so, uh, but interestingly enough, I would say Pastor Damien right now, he's, he's experienced numerous things of what we would call spiritual warfare. That happened to him. His son has been in and out of the hospital with stomach sicknesses and different things. Uh, I, I believe I've been facing some of it lately. And, and here's what that is. We're going to unpack what that means. But the truth is, there is a spiritual realm. Um, if you don't believe that, it's weird that you're a church. <laughs> we believe in the spiritual. Um, uh, so this is, this is a spiritual thing, okay? So it's a realm that is real, and we can see glimpse, hints, shadows, and, and evidence of it, but we can't see it like we see, you know, our shoes or our feet or, or, or the sun itself, um, but it's very, very real, okay? And, and we can spend a long time unpacking on that, saying there's lots of things we know are real, but we can't see. We cannot see an atom. 
We're pretty sure they exist, right? Okay, we can't see the wind, but we see evidence of the wind. I believe it was Billy Graham who said that, and, and numerous others. So same thing in, in the spiritual. Those are, even those point to the, the reality of the spiritual. And what happens at spiritual warfare is it's also very real. The Bible talks about it uh, at, and, at length in moments. Now it tells us kind of what we need to know. It doesn't tell us what we don't need to know. Okay, so when it comes to spiritual warfare, you kind of have two types of believers. Mark Driscoll put it this way. I thought it was really good. You either have cessationists or sensationalists. So when it comes to spiritual warfare, cessationists, and what that means is there's a whole group of believers. You will not see anything on the screen today for constraints of time. (laughs) You only get me, so enjoy the view. So cessationists are people, the portions of the Bible... Uh, or b- people who believe portions of the Bible kind of stop then. So mostly the gifts of the Spirit. Um, usually in your more hyper-reformed crowds and some mainline denominations, they just don't believe that, for example, they don't believe speaking in tongues or healing or prophecy or spiritual warfare happens today. Uh, which we'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, it really, it, it's really poor application of Scripture and understanding of it. Sensationalists are the one who says, the devil does everything except when they see angels. <laughs> and and, and those, those, there are those people, right? And they're like, I got a flat tire. Satan burst my tire today. I'm not saying that never happens, but sometimes the nail had something to do with it. <laughs> okay? So there, there are those extremes, and people get weird. And I know this seems like a not follow-up Easter message. Like, aren't you supposed to be talking about, like, the ascension or something at this point, or, or Jesus and talking to Peter? And my answer to that is no. Don't tell me what to do. Um, no, my answer to that is I, I felt like this is kind of what God gave me, inspired a little bit by Damien, inspired a little bit of what I've been facing lately. And, and, and it, some of it's natural, some of it's spiritual, but the truth is everything is spiritual. It's just a matter of how, how the spiritual is affecting it. Spirit, we would say we're spirit, soul, and body. Everything's all connected that way. Okay, some things are more so. So if you need counseling, you, you may also need something to pray against the demonic in your life. Some people think I'm going to come to the altar, pray against the demonic, and then my problems are gone. And that's where we would say maybe, might be more than that. Might, we may need to isolate other things. You may have a thought pattern in your life that's also got to be broken. The demonic hold or stronghold might be broken, but there might be a thought pattern that's still there. Or you might have thought patterns that are broken, but there's still a demonic oppression. And we can just go down the line. And, and I'll give you an ex- a couple examples of spiritual warfare that I've encountered in my life, and then we'll dive into the scriptures. But uh, several years ago, when I, was on a, uh, when I was on a ministry trip with our, our, our intern team, Master's Commission, the night before we're leaving... One of our students slipped while she was cleaning the bathroom, slipped, hit her head on the toilet, got concussion. You say, that, well, that, that, that could be spiritual warfare, or maybe it's not. Hang on, hold on. And then the next day, one of our guys, in a normal thing that he normally does, in a normal flip, flips off a tractor trailer onto his knee on cement, about five feet down. And then I get thrown from a horse, and I get a concussion. And several other things happen. I'm not even naming them all. And that was a moment I thought... There might be some spiritual warfare happening right now. 
We're on a ministry trip. It's the beginning of it. A lot of things are happening. People were getting hurt in, in just all kinds of ways. And at that point, we knew it's time to pray. It's, we're under an attack right now. And so that's what we did. We called on our church to pray, and guess what? It stopped. This random, have you ever had that moment in your life of random bad stuff just happening, completely unconnected, you can't verify where it's coming from, but you know something's up or something's wrong. That's often a moment of spiritual warfare. Not always, but often. Can it be a series of bad coincidences? It can be. It can be. But can also be the spiritual. And I think it's time we've actually become a little more spiritual again. When we view the world, the way we view the world. Okay, a, few, a, couple more, a couple years ago, my wife and I were walking through a situation. And, and uh, I, I won't get into it because it's kind of sensitive. But as we began to pray, my wife had a moment where she felt like she needed to renounce something. And we prayed. Now, this was at night. There was no storm, right? I don't think there was. No, it was a clear night, but we're praying in bed. And my wife finally says, fine, God, if you want me to renounce this thing. And it wasn't sin in her life or anything like that. It was, it was just a thing uh, that she felt God dealing with her on. And we prayed, and we prayed hard and loud for a minute. And she even said, I renounce it, God. And then, I kid you not, we heard boom, and all the power in our house went out. Not in the neighborhood, just our house. And 10, hi, Glory. <laughs> and tec- 10 seconds later, it all came back on, and we could, we could feel something had broken, lifted. Yeah, it was awesome. But at the same time, it was freaky. <laughs> it's like, what just happened? You know, usually if the power goes out, and it goes out in a neighborhood or a block, right? Nope. So what was it? Spiritual warfare. Well, how does that work with science? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's why it's spiritual. We haven't broken down the power grid in the Bible. So, so here's what the Bible says about it. And, and, and it says a lot, but we're going to dive into a few things that I think we need to. Ephesians 6.12. If you have your Bibles, go there. Ephesians 6.12. I'd encourage you to highlight this one, even on your phone if you got it. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood, enemies. That person in your life, are you convinced they're the devil? If they have skin on, they're probably not. I'd say it's a safe bet they're not the devil, so they're not your enemy. They may look like it. They may, they may give the devil. They may, they may enjoy kind of looking like him, hanging out with him, acting like him, but they're not him, okay? They're a person, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Your enemy is not in the White House, is not, was in the White House, is not in, in, in Springfield, is not in Chicago, is not lying next to you in bed, is not down the hall from you. Your enemy is an authority in the unseen world. And real quick, the more he can get you to believe your enemy is anything but him, the more he's got control over your life. It's real. It's very true. We're going to dive into that enemy in just a second. Against mighty powers of this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I cannot tell you how many times 
I have believed my enemy was a person or a group of people. And God prompts me in my life to begin praying in the spirit against the spiritual things. And all of a sudden, the animosity, the stress, the tension, the unforgiveness between me and that person or group of people begins to lift. Because my war was never against them. Their war isn't against me. I've made the mistake of saying, hey, this person is doing it wrong and coming after them. Till the Lord dealt with me and said, why aren't, why aren't you praying instead of trying to prophesy to them? Because I wasn't changing them. Guess what? I'm not the Holy Spirit. Surprise! <laughs> and I'm not, of course, we believe in prophecy and things like that. But, but those are usually in moments where the Spirit leads you, not in the moments I feel led. See the difference? <laughs> yeah. Follow the Spirit's leading, not your feelings. Okay? And in those moments, Spirit will lead you. I'm, I'm trying to, I want you to begin to understand a little bit today, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but who's your enemy? Your enemy is the devil. First Peter 5.8. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. Jesus said in John 10.10, Jesus. Anybody here take his word seriously? I think that'd be good. Um, he's the one looking to steal, kill, and destroy. Him. The devil is real. When you're alone and that, that thing creeps up on the back of your neck and you're like, something feels wrong, sometimes that's a spiritual enemy in the room. It is real. The demonic is real. He exists and he exists to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not, as the Mormons would believe, a good person that will eventually one day be redeemed. Nope, he is evil. Not, he's an evil guy. No, 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 he is evil. He's the embodiment, the definition of. He's what evil is. All evil emanates from him. Here, let me give you an, uh, another thing. So, anybody here ever heard that phrase where, I don't want to give the devil too much credit? Anybody ever heard that? That's such a stupid saying. That is dumb. And let me tell you why it's dumb. I was thinking about this yesterday as I'm prepping for my message in five minutes. Thanks, Damien. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm so kidding. I know a watch will listen later, so I just want to give him a hard time because he's not having one already. And, and, and that idea, like, I don't want to give the devil too much credit. So you don't want to attribute evil to the enemy. No, go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> Not only that, what we're, what we're then saying is it's all on me. And it's not. We can know who our enemy is and where evil comes from. Now, that doesn't mean our, he is responsible for our sins. We are. Okay? We have three enemies, spiritually speaking. Okay? Sin, the flesh, and the devil. Those are basically our three enemies. Now, the flesh, some would interchange the word the world or the spirit of the age. Sin, the flesh, the devil. Okay? Now, two out of those three are not the devil, but the other two are influenced or pushed by the devil. He's real. 
Now, he's not what you and I make him out to be. He's not a guy in red tights with a pitchfork and a tail. Don't know where that came from. Was that Dante's Inferno? Is that where maybe that visual came from? I think it is. I think it came originally from that book. But it's not, that's not biblical. It's not there. What we understand that the devil was an angel. His name was Lucifer. We don't call him that now because that was his name. His name now is the devil or the enemy okay, or Satan. His name is not Lucifer. That was his name. He was the highest of the angels. And one day, because for whatever reason, God allowed a level of choice, he made a decision that says, I want what God has or to be even greater. That's pride. It was the original sin. And we see that in the garden. Eve is tempted. Adam along with her. To say, I want, and that's how the Satan tempted them in the garden, right? He said, come here, come here. Did God really say, you will not die? Basically, he tempted her with, God is keeping you from something. You can be higher. You can be more. Pride. I want more. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Which, which doesn't say money is the root of all evil. What's the love of money? Power. Pride, greed, the root of all evil is from Lucifer all the way back in heaven who decided, I want what God has. And that is now reflected today. And pride eventually breeds lies, right? Somehow, some way, we know in the Bible, the devil took a third of the angels with him. Now imagine being in God's presence 24-7, seeing and knowing his majesty. There is no creation yet. There is no earth. There is no hybrid of spiritual and creation. None of that exists. Just the level of the spiritual. And in that moment... A third of heaven that knows God is deceived. So obviously, he's good at deception. He's a good liar. Bible in another spot calls him the father of lies. So here's who your enemy is. Mostly, really, mostly, he is a... Okay, say it again. Mostly, he is a... He's a liar. It's a great book. It's probably the best book on spiritual warfare, the demonic, the angelic, that I've ever read. I used to teach it. It's called The Bondage Breaker by Neil T. Anderson. Some of you will want to get the audio or YouTube version. Do not, because he is boring. (laughs) It's a great read. It's a rough listen. Okay? Um, But it's a great read. So... And he teaches. And this is going to blow your mind. Can the devil possess people, etc.? He can. Not believers. Just so you know, if you're wondering, can the devil possess a person? Yes, if they don't know Christ. But the devil cannot reside in the house of the Lord. And that's you if you have Jesus Christ in your life. So, if you're like, am I possessed? Do you believe in Jesus? Yes? Then no. You're not possessed. You can be oppressed by the enemy. He can attack you, spiritual warfare, but he can't reside within you. He can't do it. He can lie to you. He can tell you things. He can manipulate you. But here's the thing. Even in the unbeliever, even in the possessed person, here's what you need to know. The only place the enemy actually has power is in the belief of lies. That's it. 
He has no power anywhere else. You're like, that's not true. I saw him one time, and this guy was like, I'm like, look, I wasn't there. I'm not going to argue that situation. What I'm telling you is that even that person, even that person was totally possessed, their eyes turned green, they were naked, and their hair stood up, even then, that person had a succession of belief of lies in their life that got them to that point. The enemy's power in yours and my life begins to be broken by the word of truth. Yours and I, my life is delivered and freed and joyful by believing life. I'll give you one example. And this is me kind of breaking. I'm really in, in, in kind of a pursuit to become healthier. But one of the lies it's easy for me to believe in my life is that I can't be. Because I have bad genes, because I've only had short seasons in my life where I've been healthy. And it's a good lie because it works. And it's easy to believe, and I've been there. See, for example, okay, the devil is not going to come and tell me, you're an 800-pound Asian woman with a crack addiction. Do you know why? Because I won't believe it. (laughs) Some people will. I won't. He's not bad at lying. He's phenomenal at it. That's not giving, again, that's not giving good credit. I'm giving bad credit, okay? Go ahead and give the devil debt. It's fine. He's good at lying. But Jesus is better at being the truth. So know who your enemy is. That's what happened to the first church. The spirit of the Antichrist, which is talked about in Scripture, we never talk about that in church today because it's so not seeker-friendly. Don't say things like spirit of the Antichrist. That sounds crazy. Or a really good movie. (laughs) Yeah, some of you are thinking it. You know it. Some of you are like, I wouldn't watch that movie. Mm-mm. It's spin I can only imagine again. And that's fine, but the truth is that word, that term, and that person is referred to in Scripture. And, and more than likely, he's part of like an unholy trinity, whatever. Here's what you also, one more thing about the enemy, and we're going to wrap up and move on to good things soon, okay? Well, one thing you need to know about the enemy is whatever God creates, the devil counterfeits. So if there's a holy trinity, the devil will mock it, Okay? If there's a holy day of the week, the devil will find an alternate day. If there's a holy hour, the devil will find, right? God's number 777, so he's 666. The devil can't create. He can only mock and counterfeit. But he's good at it. He's good at lying. He's good at counterfeit. He's good at deceiving people. The Bible says he comes as an angel of light. The devil looks good. Nobody fell into sin by things that looked horrible from day one, right? I remember as a kid, you know, you ever went on those health trips? It was the Robert Crown Center. Anybody remember that? Some of you, anybody over 30 is like, yeah! And everybody else is like, what? Who's, what? It's this place you went on field trips where they told you things that kind of left you unsettled. <laughs> and, and, but I remember one of the scenes was, this was what a drug place looks like. And it was like needles everywhere and dirt and filth, and it was disgusting. And I remember like, I am never doing drugs. Just say no. And here's the thing. That's a reality, but, but that's, like, that's like the eighth chapter in. That's not chapter one. 
Nobody gets, nobody goes into, goes into like a crack house where everybody's strung out and dying for the first time and has never done any drugs or alcohol and thinks, looks like a good crowd. <laughs> Pass it over. That's not what happens. And the enemy knows that. He's good at lying. He pulls us in. One thing that I'm really frustrated about is a whole bunch of believers now have thought and think now, and, and the, this probably isn't new, this has probably been the beginning of the church, but we constantly think it'll just be super clear when the enemy does bad things. No, it's a fade to black. He's a deceiver far more than he is a bold-faced liar. Now, in God's eyes, those are the same things. Bold-faced lying and slight deceptions equally evil to God. They're both lying. But I'm just saying, to us, it's not. To us, it becomes more gray. You know, we move in inches towards our fallout. And that's what the devil does. So when you need to know about spiritual warfare, this is how the demonic works. In slow lies and deception, in a slow pull, till he has a hold. But that being said, he can only have a hold on any of our lives Not possession, but a hold on any of our lives based on the lies we believe. So what are our weapons to combat demonic darkness and the devil? Okay, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians again, verse 13 to 18. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after that battle, you'll be standing firm. Okay? Stand your ground. So right there, just, just so you know, right there the scriptures point out Enemy's going to come, you will face battles. It's going to happen. Too many believers, okay, in an effort to be pragmatic and to not be weird, attribute very little, if anything, to the devil. One of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite movies, Usual Suspects, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And he's still doing it, more than ever. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. So we're going to just go one by one, okay? Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. Here's another way to say it. Belt of truth. Okay, this is, uh, is this literal armor? No, this is spiritual armor, okay? So the belt of truth. In other words, live in truth. Here's, here's another way to say it. Tell the truth and you'll never be caught with your pants down. Because the belt of truth will hold them up. Now you're following me. Be somebody who lives in truth. No, that's not total transparency with everybody everywhere. Like, somebody says, hey, how are you doing? Well, you know, I've got a little bit of debt. Like, okay. Do you want us paper or plastic? Like, that's not the conversation to have in that moment. But be honest. Don't be a liar. Don't deceive yourself into lying to people. If you live in truth, the enemy has no room to lie at you, about you. Someone said, you did this. And you're like, I've lived in truth. I've lived in transparency. Your integrity, God will use your integrity to uphold you. Okay, you keep going. Um, belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. In other words, it says the breastplate of righteousness. Basically, God made you righteous when you came to Jesus. That's what the cross does. Forgives us of our sins covers us, and then it makes us righteous, and then God calls us to then stay righteous. Righteousness is that thing that protects the most vital organs, okay? 
the goodness of God that's on our lives, and then choosing right living. Some of us, we have a hard time choosing right living. Pray to God, ask him, you made me righteous, keep making me righteous. Keep transforming me so that I'd be protected. I was having this conversation, I had this conversation actually a lot in the last few weeks. It's amazing how a righteous life avoids so much heartache. Because the enemy can't pierce your heart when you have the breastplate of righteousness over it. I don't know what it is to struggle with drug addiction because I've never done it. Because of God's goodness on my life since I was a little boy. But I do know that it is wildly destructive and painful. That it hurts. That it causes pain that I've never had to taste. That's what righteous living does. You, if you have armor on and you're just walking through, if you could walk through a crowd and somebody could throw stuff at you, hit you with stuff, there's times you don't even know it. Do you know why? Righteousness. When you follow the Lord... You sometimes don't know, but you are avoiding so much heartache and trouble. You really are. You don't even know. We get all churchy and comfortable, and we're like, I don't like the way they do this song. So I don't know if I'm going to go there anymore. And that's like this, we get like this consumer Christian attitude, but we forget we're actually living righteously and being protected from a whole bunch of the world's garbage. It really is guarding us. When I was at Bible college for two years, at that time, we weren't allowed pre-smartphones, pre-streaming. Okay, we weren't allowed TVs in a room. So, man, I would go to a movie and be like, man, there's a lot of garbage in this. Thankfully, I've become totally jaded again. But, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, but it's amazing, you know, how much, you, when you're guarded, how much stays out of your life. That's what righteousness does, and keeping that breastplate of righteousness on us, making righteous choices. Keep going, for shoes put the peace that comes from the good news, so you'll be fully prepared. Shoes of peace, so that whenever you walk through stuff, you'll be at peace. The word peace in the Bible is shalom, which means a peace that brings wholeness. He holds you together. You will go through things, and the shoes of peace will protect you. When you're in spiritual warfare, you can still be at peace. Now, again, the Bible's telling us that because we're going to get worried. We're going to get scared. We're going to get frustrated. We're going to get angry. That's all normal. The, God understands our human condition. He understands our proclivity to worry and fear and anger and frustration. He also then reminds us, now puts peace back on. Put peace back on. God, be the God of peace over my life as I walk through this stuff. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. The shield of faith, if you know what a shield is, and I've, I've shared this in a message before, but shields then, it's not like medieval shields, like that little triangle, you know, the family crest thing. Shields then were head to toe and curved so that you could hide behind the whole thing. Faith covers us from attacks. We believe what God says about us when everything about, us, when everything, about everything is lying to us. The devil, the revelation refers to him as, another one of his titles is the accuser. 
When accusations are flying at you, that's fiery arrows. Sometimes they'll just play through your mind. You're a loser. You're fat. You're stupid. You'll never amount to anything. You're a bad wife. You're a bad mother. You're a bad husband. You're a bad provider. You're this, you're that. And just keep going and going and going. Here's what, those are slinging accusations. But if I stand up behind the shield of faith that says, I belong to him. I'm his son. I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm forgiven. I'm redeemed. I'm a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. You are standing in faith of God's word because you don't feel God's word. And that faith will guard you from those slinging accusations. It protects you. And when somebody else doesn't have faith. Put your shield of faith over their life. Say, here's what the Lord says about you. And pour it into them. Too many times when somebody's struggling in the church, you know what we do? Hey, are you having a tough time? <laughs> yeah, we just kick them when they're down. We're so good at that in the church. Are you having a bad day? Sounds like something you did wrong. Like, we're so good at that. You know, what is it? What if it is something they did wrong? Put your shield of faith over them, not your shield of frustration. It's normal. It's normal. What we want to do is rebuke. It's just human nature. You know what's wrong with you. I'm really struggling. And our response is, yes, you are. Thanks. But the shield of faith says, here's what the word says about you. And we have to begin to believe it. And when we do that, we start unbelieving the lies that the enemy have gotten through. We start removing his power. We're taking out arrows. And then the last, the last verse there says, uh, I'm sorry, two last verses. Put on the salvation as your helmet and take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So put on the helmet of salvation. Don't let the enemy play with your mind about your salvation. You are secured in heaven, period. If you know Jesus, that's it. Salvation is not a set of keys that you can lose any random day. Now, we are a little more Arminius. We do believe that you can have open, willful rejection of God that says, I've known him, and I don't want him anymore. I want my own life. But that's not fear-based. That's pride-based. Pride says, I'm leaving. But the fear that says, has he left me? Have I left him? That's the enemy. That's a lie. It's not happened. He doesn't leave you. But he promised it a lot. You can know in your mind, you're saved, you're secure in heaven, that's it. Don't let the enemy play with that. Stop. I grew up in an Armenian church that it was like every day, like, did I lose my salvation today? Where did I put that? <laughs> no, that cannot happen. No one can snatch you out of his hand. That is secure. Know it. Don't feel it. Know it. And lastly, the sword of the Spirit. That's the Word of God. The Word of God helps us fight and combat lies when they come. So this covers us from lies. This slashes lies down. This cuts the enemy down. 
So this is a defensive weapon when the enemy's coming against you, but the sword of the Spirit is an offense. It means I'm coming after you. I'm coming after your lies. I'm coming after your strongholds, and I'm not backing down until they're gone. That's what the weapons God has given you. And here's the best part. Worship team can come on up. Here's the best part of the message. Not what weapons you have, not what your enemy is, but who's on your side and whose side you're on. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 through 21. I saw heaven standing open. And there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Right there, God has a tattoo. And it says, it's branded on God himself. I am the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried aloud in a loud voice to all the birds flying in midair, Come, gather together for the great supper of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings and generals, and the mighty of horses and the riders, and the flesh of all people, free and, free and slave, great and small. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to wage war against the rider on the horse and his army. So this is it. The moment of the final battle. All the hordes of hell, demonic dogs, and every evil leader maybe that's ever lived comes against the kingdom of heaven in the end days. Here's the best part. And I never saw this till today. It says, <laughs> I got to read it again. I saw the beast and the kings of the earth, armies gathered together to wage war against the rider of, on the horse and his army. But the beast was captured and with it all the false prophet who had performed the signs on its behalf. There was no battle. See, the final battle is no battle at all. Jesus said on a cross 2,000 years ago, it is finished. And on resurrection day, he proved it. The final battle's no battle at all. The war has been won. When the enemy brings all of hell against heaven, in a moment's notice and with just a word, they'll be cast down and thrown out forever. We fight against the enemy. God doesn't. He just tells them where to go. And I would encourage you to do the same thing in your life because that Jesus resides in you. Now we go against spiritual warfare, but you also need to understand, for us, it's not really a battle. It's more of a standing and letting God do the work. Somebody is worried, you know, if our kids meet in a bar or, uh, you know, and this and that, uh, you know, here's what I would say. Everywhere we step becomes holy ground. We carry the authority. And it's not because of us, it's because of Him. He resides in us. 
The devil doesn't get to have a place in my life or yours or this church. And if we let him, it's only because we believed a lie. And if we did, say, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. I renounce it and kick him back out. Tell him to shut up. Fear is a good liar, but it's just a lie. Struggle's a good liar, but it's a lie. I've been, I've not been through everything, that's for sure, but I've been through a lot, and I've found just about every struggle does end. Matter of fact, no, every struggle does end. You're like, but they died. And the struggle ended. They're with Jesus if they know him. Every struggle ends. Every battle ends. Every, every, every lie can be stopped. And I'm not talking about perfection on this side of heaven, but I am talking about freedom. I am talking about joy. And I, I, I'll be honest, I just, sometimes I just flat out suck at it. Today I sucked at it. And you know what? That's okay. Because he's a forgiving, loving, merciful father who says, hey, let's get back up. I got you. Let's come on. And we get right back in. That's what the New Testament was, church was handed. And they changed the world. The reason you and I are here is because they got this. They got the one who holds eternity. They watched him raise the dead and then rise from the dead and then ascended to heaven and send the Holy Spirit upon them. The one that resurrected him now lives, resurrected us and is residing in us. The best part of the eternal life is even if you lose, you can't lose. You'll never lose again. You're like, man, I'm losing now, Brian. I'm telling you, just hang in. Lean in the Lord. Believe Him. Take Him at His word. You will see victory. At one point or another, you will see a breakthrough. This week, I looked at all kinds of buildings. Short story, they did not look back. <laughs> Man, it was discouraging. But I didn't birth this church. Jesus did. And I didn't give it a place to live. Jesus did. And I won't take it, take this church home. Jesus will. So he'll bring us a home. There's times I want to, I believe the lies like, well, if you were a good enough pastor, you'd have this in order. and This would be coming together. and These people would be coming. And I don't want to buy that lie. Because if, 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 if we were to ever be 7,000 people, I don't want on that day to think that I did it. And I don't want to think that I'm a credit for all the shortfalls either. God is God. And same thing in your life. God is God. Believe it. Stand on it. He is my healer. You can heal me any way you want to, but you're my healer. You're the one who forgives me. Nobody else in my life has forgiven me, but you do. And I receive it. Everybody else says I'm not worthy of love, but that's not how you look at me. You say I'm worthy because you made me worthy. When everything else seems hopeless, I'm full of hope because you're my hope. You're my living hope. You're alive. And I stand fast again. So let's do this. Symbolically, stand up with the Lord again. Stand with Him. Just let Him pick you right back up, dust you right back off and say, hey, 
You don't have to have this. I got this. See heaven's army surrounding you. As the prophet lifted up, the, uh, lifted, unveiled the eyes of that man standing next to him, and he saw angels' armies. See angels' armies standing beside you. Thralls of angelic army warriors standing with you saying, Hey, we're in this fight with you. We don't quit. We don't back down. We never surrender. We don't cancel church. We stand fast in the Lord. We believe Him at His word. And you play that out in your life how you need to. I'm not telling you what exactly to do in every situation. I'm not telling you when and where to wear a mask. I'm not telling you when and where to be at church. I'm not telling you any of that. I am telling you to stand fast in Jesus Christ. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the mighty warrior, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the overcomer, the victor. Live in victory and joy today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you. May he make his spirit rise within you. May he make you bold as a lion. May he make you courageous and wise. May he lift his, your countenance. May you see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And may you fight like a mighty warrior in faith till you can no longer swing. And in the moments that are hard, may you renew your strength. Renew your joy. Feel His grace upon you. And may you go out today winning the world just as, and, and conquering where the enemy has taken ground just as Jesus conquered death. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Go. Go in victory. Go in strength. Go in joy. Go in being knowing you are more than a conqueror. And no less. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We hope this message spoke to you and is going to be helpful as you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out to us with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services at the Lockport, Illinois Moose Lodge, Sundays at 10 on 10. Have a blessed rest of your day.